Welcome to Zichud Daf Siman Mem Rabbi Avram Golder, and today we're Maseches Psachim Daf Kuf Yadal, the tenth parak Arve Psachim. So the three topics we're going to focus on: number one, the next Mishnah discusses the order of the Pesach Seder with the Machlokas about how Kiddush is said. Mazgul Kos Rishon, they mixed and poured the first cup of wine for him. Bishamai says Mavarcha Ayom, Varachakak Mavarcha Yain. He says the bracha on the day Kiddush, and then he says the bracha on the wine, the Brei Agafen. And Basila says Mavarcha Yain, Varachakak Mavarcha Yom. He says the bracha on the wine, and then he says the bracha on the day. Abrais explains that Beishamai and Beisel each have two reasons for their position. Beishamai say Kiddush comes first, because the day causes the wine to come. Rashbam explains that it's only because it's Yantav that wine is being drunk before the meal. And the day was already sanctified before the wine came to the table. And Beisel say Bori Priyagavan comes first, because the wine caused the Kiddush to be said, the Rashbam explains that one cannot say Kiddush without either wine or bread. And Alternatively, the bracha over wine is frequent, and the bracha over the day is not frequent. And the rule is that in the case of a frequent thing and an infrequent thing, the frequent thing comes first. Point number two, the next Mishnah continues to teach the order of the Seder. First it states, Metabo Bechezeres, he dips the lettuce to perform the ritual of Karpas. The Rashbam explains that the Mishnah describes eating as dipping, because in those times they would dip whenever they ate. And the Mishnah teaches that lettuce may be used as Karpas, even though it will be also used as Maror. Then, following Karpas, he viewed a fund of Matzah Bechezeres Becharosis Ushnei Tavshilin. They brought before matzah, lettuce for maror, charosis, and two cooked items. The Gemara discusses why the mission requires lettuce to be brought for maror if lettuce was already eaten for karpas, and why we don't say that the mitzvah of maror was already fulfilled then. Rish Lakish says, Zosomeris mitzvos srikos kavana. This teaches that mitzvahs need kavana, meaning it's because the lettuce eaten as karpas was not eaten with intent to fulfill the mitzvah of maror, that the mitzvah was not fulfilled, and lettuce must be eaten again specifically as maror. The Gemara dismisses this proof by suggesting a different explanation for lettuce being eaten a second time after the mitzvah of Maror was fulfilled during Karpas. So that there'll be a distinguishing factor for the children. The Rashbam explains that eating lettuce a second time will provoke children to ask questions as it's unusual to eat vegetables twice during a meal. And point number three, the Gemara elaborates on the mission statement that Shnei Tavshilin are brought. My Shnei Tavshilin, what constitutes two cooked items? Among the opinions the Gemara cites is that of Rav Yosef, who says, Sarek Shnei Mine Basar Echad Zecher Pesach, Echad Zecher Chagiga. One must have two types of meat, one as a commemoration of the carbon Pesach, and one as a commemoration of the carbon Chagiga. Rashmam explains that this is the Chagiga that was brought together with the carbon Pesach. The other views accept that Shnei Tavshilin commemorate these two Karbanas, but argue that foods other than meat also achieve this. So once again, the three points are number one. The next Mishnah discusses the order of the Pesach Seder with a machokas about how Kiddush has said. Mazgul Kos Rishon, they mixed and poured the first cup of wine for him. Beishamai says, He says the bracha on the day, referring to Kiddush, and then he says the bracha on the wine, the Brei Pergafen. And Beisil say, He says the bracha on the wine, and then he says the bracha on the day. So Bryce explains that Beishamai and Beisil each have two reasons for their position. Beishamai say Kiddush comes first, because the day causes the wine to come. And Rashbam explains that it's only because it's Yantav that wine is being drunk before the meal. And the day was already sanctified before the wine came to the table. Basil say the Berei Pirgafen comes first, because the wine caused the Kiddush to be said. Rashbam explains that one cannot say Kiddush without either wine or bread. 
דבר אחר, ברכס היין תדיר, ברכס היום אין תדיר, תדיר בשאינו תדיר, תדיר קודם. אלטרנטיבי, the bracha over the wine is frequent, and the bracha over the day is not frequent, and the rule is that in the case of a frequent thing and an infrequent thing, the frequent thing comes first. Point number two, the next mission continues to teach the order of the Seder. First it states, Metabo Bechazeris. He dips the lettuce to perform the ritual of Karpas. Rashmam explains that the mission describes eating as dipping, because in those times they would dip whenever they ate. And the mission teaches that lettuce may be used as Karpas, even though it will also be used as Maror. Then, following the Karpas, Hevil will find of Matzah Bechazeris Becharosu Shnei Tavshuin. They brought before him Matzah, lettuce for the Maror, Charoses, and two cooked items. So the Gemara discusses why the Mishnah requires lettuce to be brought from Maror if the lettuce was already eaten for Karpas, and why we do not say that the mitzvah of Maror was already fulfilled then. Rishlakish says, Zosomeris mitzvos srichas kavana. This teaches that mitzvahs need kavana, meaning it's because the lettuce eaten as Karpas was not eaten with intent to fulfill the mitzvah of Maror that the mitzvah was not fulfilled, and lettuce must be eaten again specifically as Maror. The Gemara dismisses this proof by suggesting a different explanation for lettuce being eaten a second time after the mitzvah maror was fulfilled during Karpas, so that there will be a distinguishing factor for the children. The Rashbam explains that eating lettuce a second time will provoke children to ask questions, as it's unusual to eat vegetables twice during a meal. And point number three, the Gemara elaborates on the Mishnah statement that shnei tavshilin are brought. My shnei tavshilin, what constitutes two cooked items? Among the opinions the Gemara cites is that of Rav Yosef, who says, Sarich shnei mine basar echot zechel pesach, one must have two types of meat, one as a commemoration of the carbon Pesach, and one as a commemoration of the carbon Chagiga. The Rashbam explains that this is the Chagiga that was brought together with the carbon Pesach. The other views accept that Shnei Tavshivin commemorate these two Karbanas, but argue that foods other than meat also achieve this. Alright, so now we go to Sim for Duff Kufya Dalad, and the simon is a Kitty Amusement Park. Kitty Amusement Park. So here goes. The mock Seder at the Kitty Amusement Park got out of hand when some children started fighting over which bracha to say first at Kiddush, while others wouldn't stop dipping, splashing water all over to cook foods. Once again, slow motion. The mock Seder at the Kitty Amusement Park. Kitty Amusement Park? That must be Ron Duff Kufya Dalad. The mock Seder at the Kitty Amusement Park got out of hand when some children started fighting over which bracha to say first at Kiddush. Which reminds Beishamay says that one says the bracha on the day Kiddush first, and then he says the bracha on the wine. Whereas Beishilla says he says the bracha on the wine first at Kiddush, and then he says the bracha on the day. Abrais explains that Beishamay and Beishel each have two reasons for the position. Beishamay say Kiddush comes first because the day causes the wine to come. Rashbam explains that it's only because it's Yantav that wine is being drunk before the meal, and the day was already sanctified before the wine came to the table. Basil will say the Borei Priya Govan comes first, because the wine causes Kiddush to be said. Rashbam explains that one cannot say Kiddush without either wine or bread. And also, Birchaz Yain Tadir, Birchaz Yom Eina Tadir, Tadir V'Sheinu Tadir, Tadir Kodum. Alternatively, the brach over wine is frequent, and the brach over the day is not frequent. And the rule is, in the case of a frequent thing and an infrequent thing, the frequent thing comes first. So the mock seder at the Kitty Amusement Park got out of hand, when some children started fighting over which bracha to say first at Kiddush, while others wouldn't stop dipping. Which reminds us, the Gemara discusses why the mission requires lettuce to be brought from Maror, if lettuce was already eaten for Karpas, and why we do not say that the mitzvah of Maror was already fulfilled then. 
Rishaki says, Zosal Meris Mitzvot Srikas Kavana. This teaches that mitzvahs need kavana, meaning it's because the lettuce eaten as carpus was not eaten with intent to fulfill the mitzvah maror that the mitzvah was not fulfilled, and lettuce must be eaten again specifically as maror. The Gemara dismisses this proof by suggesting a different explanation for lettuce being eaten a second time after the mitzvah maror was fulfilled during karpas. So that there will be a distinguishing factor for the children. The Rishbam explains that eating lettuce a second time will provoke children to ask questions, as it's unusual to eat vegetables twice during a meal. So the mock seder at the Kitty amusement park got out of hand when some children started fighting over which bracha to say first at Kiddush, while others wouldn't stop dipping, splashing water all over too. Cook foods, which reminds us the Gemara elaborates on the Mishnah statement that Shnei Tavshilin are brought. My Shnei Tavshilin, what constitutes two cooked items? Among the opinions the Gemara cites is that of Rav Yosef, who says, Sarich Shnei Mine Basar Echod Zechel Pesach Vechod Zechel Chagiga. One must have two types of meat. One is a commemoration of the carbon Pesach, and another as a commemoration of the carbon Chagiga. And the Rashbam explains that this is the Chagiga that was brought together with the carbon Pesach. The other views accept that Shnei Tavshun commemorate these two Karbanas, but argue that foods other than meat also achieve this. So once again, the mock Seder at the Kitty amusement park got out of hand when some children started fighting over which bracha to say first at Kiddush, while others wouldn't stop dipping, splashing water all over to cook foods. All right, now it's time for a four-blah-bah chazara. Daf Kufyud. So the Simra Kufyud is a gold key ceremony. So here it goes. While the guests are drinking four cups of wine at the double gold key ceremony, gold key ceremony, that must be run Daf Kufyud. While the guests drinking four cups of wine at the double gold key ceremony were protected from Mazikin as Birchus Kohanim was recited, which reminds us, on Daf Kuftes on base, Gamor introduced the concept of Zugos, pairs, that one should not do certain activities such as eating or drinking in pairs. This means that one should not eat an even number of the same food or an even number of the same beverage. Rabbein Nabaki writes that the avoidance of pairs is a concrete expression of our rejection of dualism. The heretical belief that there are two deities. Eating in pairs enables demons or sorceresses to harm a person. On our daf, Rav Chist and Rabbi Baruchuna were lenient and both said, Shalom latovim etzarif, l'ra lom etzarif. Shalom, meaning the seventh cup, which corresponds to the seventh word in the last bracha of Birchus Gohan, combines with the other six cups he drank for good, but does not combine with drinking eight cup for bad. Therefore, there is no danger in drinking eight cups. The Rosh Baum explains that since the Kishbaruch who chose to convey his brachas to the Jewish people through the seventh word, Shalom, no harm in the world can come of it. The Gemara brings Rabbah and Rav Yosef by the fifth word of the middle bracha, Vichuneka, the same way. And that therefore there's no harm in drinking six cups. And then Abai and Rabbah by the third word, Vishmarecha, in the first bracha, similarly, and that there is therefore no harm in drinking four cups. Rashbam explains that as the harmful effects of Zugos diminished from generation to generation, the Rabban ruled more leniently. So while the guests drinking four cups of wine at the double gold key ceremony were protected from Mazikin as Birchus Kohanim was recited, the table of demon phobes, which reminds us, which reminds us that more presents the general rule that demons will only be particular to harm someone who's overly concerned with the issue of Zugos, but even someone who's not particular about the issue should take basic precaution. So while the guests at drinking four cups of wine at the double gold key ceremony were protected from Mazikin as Birchus Kohanim was recited, the table of demon phobes who got carried away and drank 18 cups were in for a sorcerer's surprise. Which reminds us, in addition to the danger from Mazikin, demons that Zugos poses, they also expose a person to danger from Kshafim, sorcery. The word teaches that while even numbers of pairs such as 10, 8, 6, and 4 are safe nowadays with respect to Mazikin, these numbers and even higher numbers are still dangerous with respect to Kshafim. The Gemara illustrates with the story of the woman who performed sorcery on her ex-husband whenever he would drink wine in her second husband's store. Her efforts were usually unsuccessful because he made sure not to drink Zugos. 
But one time when he lost track after drinking 16 cups, he drank an even number of cups and her sorcery caused him to burst. Daf Kufyodov. So the similar Kufyodov is a kayak. A kayak. So here goes. The demonic kayak race. Kayak race. That must be run Duff Kufyodov. The demonic kayak race, which required participants to pass between dogs, palm trees, and women, which reminds the Gamora brings a bright that says there are three things that may not pass between two men and that we may not pass between them. And they are the dog, the palm tree, and the woman. Some say also a pig, and some say also a nachash, a snake. A papa has explained by the Rashbam states that if one of these does pass between them, one should say a series of psukim that begin and end with the word kel, God, or lo, no. And this is a reference to psukim in Parshish Balak, where Bilam blesses B'nai Yisrael and states that no harm will come to them, and that they are worthy of bracha because there are no diviners or soothsayers among them. So the demonic kayak race, which required participants to pass between dogs, palm trees, and women through the valley of death, where people slept in the shade of lone palm trees and the moon, which reminds Rabbi Yitzhak taught, what's the meaning of the Pasuk, Gam ki lo ki Though I walk in the valley overshadowed by death, I will fear no evil, for you are with me. This is a reference to one who sleeps in the shade of a lone palm tree or in the shade of the moon. And the more explains that it is only dangerous to sleep in the shade of a lone palm tree if there is no nearby palm tree whose shadow falls on the first one. The Rashbam explains that a demon lurking under a palm tree will move to another one that's nearby rather than harm someone who sleeps under the first tree. The Gemara then proves that this is only true in a field. In a courtyard, on the other hand, it's always dangerous to sleep under a lone palm tree. And the Rishbam explains that there's no room for the demon to leave because it's enclosed in the courtyard. It remains beneath the palm tree and harms the person. So the demonic kayak race, which required participants to pass between dogs, palm trees, and women through the valley of death where people slept in the shade of lone palm trees and the moon, was won by the billionaire scholar who was blessed with great fortune. Which reminds the Gemara teaches that there are two Ketav demons, and each one is active during a different half of the day. The one that's active before noontime is Ketav Miriri, and the one that's active after noontime is Ketav Yashud Saharaim. So once when Abai was going along with Rapapa on his right side, Rav Huna Bredo Yeshu on his left side, he saw a Ketav Miriri demon coming towards him on his left side, towards Rav Huna Bredo Yeshua. So Abai switched Rapapa to his left side and put Rav Huna Bredo Yeshua on his right. When Rapapa asked Abai why he was placed in harm's way, and Abai seemingly had no concern for him, Abai responded, times are good for you. The Rashbam explains that Abai meant that since Rapapa was wealthy and blessed with good fortune, he will not be harmed by a demon. Daf Kufyud Beis. The similar Kufyud Beis is a Rubik's Cube. So here goes. The poor Rubik's Cube teacher. Rubik's Cube. That must be on Daf Kufyud Beis. The poor Rubik's Cube teacher who treated his Shabbos like whole sold his last Rubik's Cube to purchase Abrakosos of the Seder, which reminds that the Mishnah taught that even an Anus supported from the Tamchui must fulfill the mitzvah to drink the Abrakosos. The more explains in the lesson of the Mishnah that even according to Rabbi Kiva who says, Make your Shabbos like a weekday and do not be dependent on other people. Here, because of publicizing the miracle, he agrees. In other words, even though Rabbi Kiva maintains that one should not accept staka in order to honor Shabbos, one should do so in order to drink four cups of wine at the Seder and thereby publicize the miracle of Yitzhak Yitzrayim. So the poor Rubik's Cube teacher who treated his Shabbos Echol sold his last Rubik's Cube to purchase Abrakosos of the Seder, as well as a book for his young son, Free of Mistakes, which reminds us that when Rabbi Kiva was in prison, he told Rabbi Shimon Yechai five pieces of advice, one of which was, When you teach your son 
teaching with a Sefer that has been corrected and is therefore free of mistakes. Rava and some Sefer Masharshi explained that specifically Bechadita when teaching new material, it is imperative that one use a book that is free of mistakes because Shabashta cave into all, all. Once a mistake enters a child's mind, it enters and it's hard to correct. So the poor Rubik's Cube teacher who treated his Shabbos Eichol sold his last Rubik's Cube to purchase Arbicosos for the Seder, as well as a book for his young son, Free Mistakes, titled Travel Tales of Terror on Tuesday and Friday night, which reminds us that it was taught in Ebrisa that one should not go out alone at night on Tuesday nights or on Friday nights because Agras Bas Machos, a female demon and 18 myriads of destructive angels go out there. The Gemara explains that these were prevalent every night until Agras Bas Machos encountered Rebbe King Mendoza. She told him, if not for the fact they announced in Shemaim, beware of Hanina and his Torah, I would have endangered you. So he told her, if I am held in esteem in Shemaim, then I decree upon you that you never pass through populated areas again. When she begged him to reconsider, he allowed her to go out on Tuesday nights when villagers do not need to travel to the city the night before for tour readings or travel home the next day, and Friday nights when people are not permitted to travel. Daf Kufyud Gimel, so the Simra Kufyud Gimel is a geek. A geek. So here goes. The geeky bachelor. Geeky? That must be more on Daf Kufyud Gimel. The geeky bachelor who lived in the big city for years, which reminds us, there are three people about whom a Baruch Hu announces their virtue every day. About a bachelor who lives in a large city where temptations are common and he doesn't sin. About a poor man who returns a lost object that he finds to his owner. And about a rich man who takes miser from his promise in private and thus avoids flaunting his wealth. So the geeky bachelor who lived in the big city for years was in shock. He got lashed for testifying alone about his neighbor. Which reminds the Gemara brings a list of three people Kushbar who hates. Hamadabra echod bepeh echbolev. One who says one thing with his mouth while meaning another in his heart. One who knows testimony about his friend but doesn't testify on his behalf. And one who sees that his friend committed an affair involving a rice and testifies about him alone without a second witness. The Gemara illustrates the last case with the story of Zigud who testified alone about Tuvia before a papa. When her papa had Zigud lash, Zigud asked, Tuvia chata v'zigud mingad? Tuvia sinned and Zigud is lash? Her papa told him that two witnesses were required for Basin to act, and he testified alone, and therefore he's just merely defaming him, meaning that he's being mostly Shemra about him. Rabbi Shmuel Bar Yitzhak says in the name of Rab, Mutalisanoso, the lone witness is allowed to hate the person who did the affair, and he bruises from the Pasuk. Rabbi Nachman Bar Yitzhak says, Mitzvah Lusanoso. It's a mitzvah to hate him in such a case, as it says in the Pasuk, Yeris Hashem, Snos Rab. Fear of Hashem is hatred of evil. So the geeky bachelor who lived in the big city for years was in shock. He got lashed for testifying alone about his neighbor who was an arrogant pauper that no one could understand. Which reminds the Gemara brings a list of four people who behave in a way the mind cannot tolerate. Rashmam explains that people cannot understand their behavior, and Rashi explains that even the perpetrators regret their own actions eventually and are ashamed of themselves. A pauper who is haughty, a rich man who denies a valid financial claim against them, an old man who commits adultery, and a communal leader who imposes himself upon the community for no reason. Rashbam explains that he enjoys the honor his position brings him, but he doesn't help his community in their hour of need. All right, now it's time to conclude the pop quiz of 10 questions plus three bonus questions from the Sechus Baruch Shabbos and Erevin. Number one, which Shabbos one that one should not testify against someone regarding a Dvar Erva as a single witness? That's on Duff. Kuf Yud Gimel. Good number two, which stuff do we learn that even Rabbi Kibu holds, Aseh Shabbat Chachov, Altis Darach would agree that an Ani should attain four cups of wine for a person in Nisa? That's on Duff. Kuf Yud Beis. Good number three, which stuff do we have in the regarding which comes first in Kiddush, the Bracha on the Yom or the Yayin? That's on Duff. Kuf Yudal. Good number four, which stuff do we learn that one of the four people whose behavior is difficult to understand is a pauper who acts in a haughty manner? That's on Duff. Kufiud Gimel. Good number five. Which stuff do we learn that demons typically harm people who are overly concerned about them? That's on Dav. 
Kufyud. Good number six, which stuff you learn? The reason for being told by the letters twice is to get the children to ask questions. That's on Duff. Kufyudalad. Good number seven, which stuff you learn? That Abai was not concerned about Republic being harmed by the Ketamariri demon because they don't harm people blessed with great fortune. That's on Duff. Kufyudalad. Good number eight, which stuff you learn? That over time, the final words in Birkos Kahani made it permissible to drink eight, six, and four cups of wine and not be concerned about Zugos. That's on Duff. Kufyud. Good number nine. Which stuff you learn? According to Rev Yosef, the Shnei Tavshilin are two pieces of meat, one representing the Pesach and one for its Chagiga. That's on Duff. Kufyud dog. Good number ten. Which stuff you learn? The Rekiba taught Rabbi Shimbar Yechai that a father should teach his son new material from a safer, free of mistakes. That's on Duff. Kufiyot Beis. Good, now the three bonus questions. Number one. Which stuff do you learn about the concept of a benoni? That's on Duff. Samachov and Brachos. Good, number two. Which stuff do you learn about the six shofar blasts that occur Arab Shabbos? That's on Duff. Hamid Hay and Shabbos. Good, and number three. Which stuff do we discuss breaking a fast before Shabbos? That's on Duff. Mem Alph and Erevan. Excellent, all right, that concludes... The pop quiz is Rabbi Avram Golden Zichu wishing you a great day and great learning.